Hey everyone, I'm Tiffany Blackman and welcome to my so-called fabulous. How are you doing? I hope you're all well and safe and healthy and happy. And today I thought I've thought about this, you know, when I do these solo podcasts and um, when I do these, I I want to reach you. And and something that I've been thinking about, and this, this encompasses our life all the time, but especially now, and it's fear. It's fear and it's real. And, you know, there can be, oh, I am so afraid of snakes. Are you afraid of snakes? I'm afraid of snakes. But I'm really afraid of a lot deeper, and we'll get into that um, so much. But fear is so, so prevalent right now. Right now with the COVID, and I'm going to hit it, and one of these days I'm going to come on here and not talk about this. Isn't that going to be a glorious day? I cannot wait for that. But the COVID, you know, there's so much fear Okay, there's there's the fear. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna tell I I will tell you what I think my and your feelings are. I'm just assuming here. My fear is sick sickness. Maybe not so much. You know, I went through this phase. Well, I'm not afraid of getting it. Well, you know what? If I get it and then pass it on to my family. I would feel pretty irresponsible. And uh, so there's that fear, the fear of the sickness, the sickness across the United States. I won't even go into the numbers because I actually don't know the numbers today. You know, it's up and down and the curve and all that. And I, we feel so sorry for you, New York, and we pray that we keep this under control. But the number one thing is the sickness. It is what it is. And we don't want to pass it. Paul, my producer, we were talking, he didn't see his mom and we didn't see our families for Easter because we're afraid of passing it to people that have underlying conditions or older. And, and I'm, of course, older as well. But there's that. You know what else there is? And and uh, the economy. I mean, come on. My husband is, I could say he's an economist, certainly and a historian. And he wakes up every day and I, I do listen to his, his um, philosophy and I'm going to call it rant. But, and he just keeps saying, Tiffy, our people do not want to see a depression. We don't need food lines. You know, and we already are feeding people that need help. Uh, the, the Tarrant Food Bank was on the national news the other night. Um, so there's, there's the economy. And are we going to get our economy back? How quickly? There's so many sides of the fence and so much fear in each of these decisions. Lawmakers... Um, uh, the CDC, I can't even imagine the responsibility and the fear that you fear every day. You're looking at numbers and statistics and all of those things that are involved in making decisions. Do we open up our our state again here in Texas? Um, Georgia's opening their state again. And, you know, there's, there's so many different um, opinions on that. And um, how quickly do you open? And are we going to get sick? Are we going to rebound? And, you know, um, the fear of... There's so many big, they're feared, you know, oh my goodness, are we going to have football in the, in the fall? Oh my goodness, are we going to live? There's, there's, there's different uh, aspects of our fear. I was reading an article the other day and um, it was talking about why is um, alcohol, why is it essential? So 
it's kind of funny. You know, you see all the memes on social media about we're going to become alcoholics and we how many how many um, how many units of alcohol can you go through through this entire thing and we're staying home and when does five o'clock really start? But I was I was reading exactly why they they kept alcohol as essentials. And the reasoning in this article was because of underlying addictions, abuse, and disorders. So let's say we have someone that is an alcoholic. We're going to cut them off cold turkey. Now, I have a friend that has recovered and tried to go on cold turkey by himself, and it didn't work out real well. So thank you for those of you, the lawmakers and everyone that's that's thinking of the underlying issues, because if you don't have alcohol to go to, do you go to drugs or some other type of addiction? Um, are we going to get out of this abuse? Are we going to have disorders? I mean, what are we going to have after this is all over? So, you know, the, there's certain people that have that advice of that's not a good idea to have alcohol as essential. Now, I'm not saying, trust me, I'm not saying things. I just thought this is extremely important and for thinking in the future of people that do have addictions and disorders and how they would cope. We have a big state. We're right in the middle of the state in Fort Worth. And can you imagine having to drive out of the state to Oklahoma, Louisiana. I mean, have you thought about that, Paul? I, I, no, I don't want to. <laughs> I know. Isn't it interesting? It's very, very insane. I mean, to think about, uh, you know, when you talk about alcohol, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, that's, you know, speaking of fear, mm-hmm. um, I didn't take my first sip of alcohol till I was 21. You right? didn't? Did not, not even a sip because my family has uh, a long line of alcoholics. Wow. And because of that, I had a 50-50 chance. I mean, of course, everybody has a 50-50 chance of saying yes or no. Sure. Right. But I my, I was very, it was right there. It was in your face. It was in and my that's face. Fear. And it was in my family. And yes, if one, the side that I was with is recovering mm-hmm. and hadn't, you know, had any alcohol in a long time, but we have that in our body. Mm-hmm that addiction personality or that addictive mm-hmm. gene-ish, whatever you want to call right. it. Right. It's in your DNA. Mm-hmm. It is. And I didn't do it because I wanted to make sure that I was of a sound mind and mature enough to be able to handle the repercussions. Wow. That's And incredible. so I didn't. But I didn't take a sip until my 21st birthday. And, and you then- went to tech. I went no, to you West did not. Texas you went to West Texas. I keep A&M. putting tech on you. There were more cows than people there, so you right. know it was, it was right. You know, but I did that because of things like this. It's like I, I can't imagine the people that shouldn't be drinking right now. Exactly. What do you do? You right. know, I mean, there there's no real coping mechanism right now except for sitting at home. Right. Right. You know, and and. I thought that was so, I talked to Greg about it. I said, can you imagine the forethinking? I mean, the, of that, because, you know, when all this happened, everyone's like, oh my goodness, liquor stores are open. Are you kidding? They're open around the clock, blah, blah, blah. But then I read that and I thought, okay, because to you talk about, you know, if you're an addict or if you have an issue, how are you going to cope? You're not going to go to the hospital. I mean, you really it, can't. Therapy. And so it, groups are closed down. Yep, yep. Places that you would normally go to 
to take your mind off of those things are all down. Right. You know, and that's why right now mental health is so huge. You know, check on your friends, check on your family, check on everybody. Sure. You know, because there are people out there that not only may not be working, but they may be dealing with deeper things. Absolutely. Because now is that fear. Right. You know, are we going to get out of this? When will we get out of this? How will we get out of mm-hmm. this? It's like the who, what, where, when, why's and how's right. exactly. of the world right now. And that's that's scary. It is scary. It is scary. So during these times, the fear being the sickness, the underlying issues, just like I was talking about, the economy. And then, of course, we are all talking about our business and 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 where we are business-wise. I've, we see the people that have lost their jobs. And I do see some jobs created too. I'm seeing some 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 interest and some a lot of business opportunities are popping up as well, right? And I do agree with that so much. And I I hate to see people hurting so bad, but in my we talked about this on the last episode about the anxiety level. I'm an overperformer, an overachiever mm-hmm. on the anxiety, mm-hmm. right? So whenever things go bad, I'm looking for things to make things good. Right. So right now, we're sitting at home doing nothing. The people that are doing nothing. The people that are doing The people yes, that are here doing yes. nothing that have to be in the house because they cannot work by the mandations and all that kind of sure. stuff. Learn something. You learn something new. Perfect an art that you've always wanted to do because sitting in this constant state of fear without any action towards having a resolution Mm -hmm. or a solution, you just go into this hole of fear. Right. So learn these new things. If you've always wanted to paint and you're good at it, but you need to learn other things, learn it now. Do it now. Because now's the time. And then who knows, that could develop a new career. Mm -hmm. That could develop a new way of income or that side money. I'm always looking for ways to make money. And there are so many ways. This is an entrepreneur's world. Right. And especially right now, it gives you time to know it, to think about it and plan. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> That's right. Just so I was it. saying last, last when I did the anxiety podcast, my friend, I was I was kind of saying, okay, well, we could get future educators out of this because everyone's home homeschooling their kids. And my girlfriend called and said, Are you have you lost your mind? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Well, I thought you know, I maybe. I don't know. I know, but yes. Maybe future people in therapy. This is true. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Nothing absolutely. wrong with therapy, but That's we right. may be creating a bunch of new clients for these therapists. That's right. You know, and I, 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 I uh, talk to my dad often and my dad is, has, um, I talked to him last night and he, he is being good because my dad is extremely social. And, um, I said, dad, are you taking this seriously? And he said he is. And I'm, it makes me so happy. My friend, I talked to her before the podcast and she said, you know, she feels horribly because her, her dad is with his buddies. They go to Whataburger and have coffee, you know, X number of mornings a week. And that's his thing. And he hasn't seen his, his, his people since the beginning of March. So, you know, we've got this fear, this anxiety, and this loneliness too, you know, we kind of are this, this, uh, lonely, although there's three and a fur baby in my home, you know, there's a, there's the loneliness, loneliness too. I mean, we all are just kind of, we're in, we're all together, but we're kind of out there on an island right now. I feel like. Well, you're so used to having time to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, to get away. It's like you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Mm-hmm. And right now, 
I don't want to be around anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've had enough fondness. My, this fondness is it's got past. to go. I I'm going to trade fondness in for separation. That's right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's it's real because whenever you're taken away by other priorities and other things, you're taken away from what you truly want to do. Mm-hmm. It makes you miss things and it makes you, it, it evens out the kind of the insanity level right. or this, this, you know, the, it evens out that side of you because mm-hmm. being in the house all the time with the same people that can get a little old mm-hmm. and it can get annoying. You can get angry, yes. sad. Sure. I mean, this is fueling a lot of bad you know, I say bad, but more uh, uneasy thoughts, different sure. things and different feelings. Mm-hmm. So that time away is nice. That's right. You know, so we're in this, we're having to adapt to something that most of us have never been through. Right. You know, and from week to week as we rec- we record podcasts, um, and, and, it's, and it's tough because Paul is in a separate room from me. We have a glass between us. I'm sitting here alone. I want people on my show. I want to have people in here and hug and and laugh and toast wine glasses but we're in separate rooms and 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 it's and it just seems odd and uh, we're a hugging nation we are a, Absolutely. a lovable hugging nation and you know Greg and I were talking about this um yesterday morning at breakfast we always have our our early morning little chats and we were talking about and we and, and we had this last week in there in the podcast how will business change and I have already witnessed a friend of mine that has, you know, she can do her her work virtually. Um, we've proven that we can do it. I just wonder now, commercial real estate, do we really need office? And I hate saying this because I have people in, in commercial, I have family members in commercial real estate. And how much do we need? And, and I've worked for companies before where you better be there from eight to five, noon to one or noon to twelve thirty, you take your lunch, and that may be a little passe after this is over. I, that you know, I, it's weird to think about, but this has kind of sh- uh, shined light on our essentials and non-essentials. Oh, you're oh, are you kidding? You know, and we're sitting here thinking it's like. You know, you think about what could change after this, and it's like movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And I think we—I'm not sure if we talked about this. Yes, but like, we did. Will, will they even come back? But they're opening in Georgia, right? But yeah, you know, it, it, with everything opening, you know, you you have to think about like, of course, where people are still going to—a majority of people, I feel, mm-hmm. will still be cautious. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, were you just going to have like bars where you have booths that are twelve feet apart, or? Like, you you know, it's like, what's going to change? I know. But I think that if we don't allow ourselves to get so deep in the doldrums Mm -hmm. of how bad this is, and we look for silver lining because it's everywhere. Silver lining is everywhere in this. I mean, I've gotten new business ideas and people I'm talking to are starting or being forced to think outside of the box. And I believe, you know, I know you've seen that that uh, statistic where in the last, uh, you know, economic, you know, hardship, what was it, 2008, right? Right. What, Uber was created? 
you oh, know, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. you know, things like that. I, mm-hmm. I just went on a blank on what else was created, but some of the biggest businesses right now, right? Amazon or Google or something. Yes, like that, it yeah. was something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, one something of those huge. I mean, there was a list about an eight or nine, ten of them, mm-hmm. and you think about it, it's like those are the people. Not coming up with something like Google or, you know, Uber, but thinking about life like that. Think about the changes that could possibly happen and how we need to transform and evolve our businesses. Exactly. If we do that, we will not fail. Nope. And we will not have the issues that we will have if we don't plan for the potential changes. Absolutely. Because the changes will be here. They're, I know. They're it's, going it's, to come. It's going to. It's again, after we we talked about it last time, it was the, the changes after 9-11. I mean, we had no idea. But now we're so comfortable with all the changes. It's so fine. comfortable. Yeah. Like not being able to meet him at the gate yep. and hug. I used to hug my grandma when she'd come yep. into town. Absolutely. But now we got to wait until she's at the baggage claim. <laughs> Find a parking spot. Try to figure it out. You right. Know? Exactly. Oh, gosh. I know. Different. So back to our fear. So I did a little something. So usually I'd put this on social media and take a little poll, but I actually went to the people that I know and love. And um, I decided it's kind of last minute to do this and to kind of take a poll on fear and what your main fears are. Like I asked for the top three fears. So I started out this morning early, uh, you know, with my, my trainer, we were online together and, um, but I'm going to just read to you some of the fears and there's some of them. uh, It's just kind of interesting because I started in the single digits age nine and went past 70. So I just want to read these to you because they're, it's just so interesting to me. You all know the number one of most of the demographics, the age groups, you know, the number one is death. And, you know, that's something we can't control. That is, that is simply certainly there, but you know, how is the death? We had a couple that were talking about, you know, it was that crash, the car crash, but the majority, it is cancer. And, um, I'm, I'm so excited at some point to have America, uh, a cancer society on here to, to talk with us. I'm just so excited to talk to them someday and what a great organization. But cancer and the fear of it, and, and, and many of you have listened to my episode of losing my mother to cancer, and it was nasty. I mean, it was a nasty, horrible, long four years of, 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 of horrible. And, you know, um, I've talked about this a lot with different people, but, you know, cancer— if, if I were to get it, I want it to be done. Um, I really do. I, I watched my mom suffer for four years, and then she, she rebounded for just a minute. But for four years, she suffered quite a bit. And, you know, I would just want to kind of go away and just, um, just, just um, I, I, I can't even, we, I won't talk politically about that, but I just wouldn't want it to, to drag out, you know, Um you know, and I and I, my sister asked me this one time. She said, "You know, would you prefer just a boom, it's over, or, you know, you could plan it out?" I'm like, "Can I just have both? Just kind of like somewhere in between." So, but anyway, so I, that death is is in cancer is the definitely the number one fear amongst all demographics, with the exception of my little precious friend that's nine years old. Okay, just have to read these in the order. It was number one, doing a backflip. There you have it. Okay. The dark. And then of course ghosts. So there's those. And do you all remember when you were nine, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and your fears, 
I mean, it wasn't what mine was at this time. I mean, they're they're not the same. So we have so many different fears. So then I went into the 20s. I creeped into the 20s and, and so different, male and female. So my daughter, Kennedy, she says it's the fear of the unknown. You know, things, bad things can happen. And, she, and we talked about her anxiety with this and, you know, never finding her purpose in life. And another one for her was, being abducted or, or kidnapped. And, you know, I guess growing up, I was wondering this morning, now, why haven't I really worried about that? Um, the only exposure I had to kidnap or or being abducted, the only exposure I had growing up was a movie like, uh, oh gosh, Friday the 13th. That's the only one because I really don't watch those movies. Okay, wait, I'm gonna have to stop here. Those of you that told me to watch Ozark, during the um, pandemic. Thank you. No, thank you. Okay. So um, I'm watching the most dark. Okay. It's good. I'm not, I'm not. Okay. Jason Bateman, you are incredible. I mean, your group of writers, I'm just going to go ahead and give it to you. But I just, that is so dark. It's so dark, but it's so good. I don't know what to say. I'm just like in the middle, but, but we, I did hear from a friend of mine last night that comedy, comedy, has gone up in ratings like crazy. Well, I missed that, okay? I went straight to Ozark, so I'm on three season three. But, you know, there's that fear. And like, why am I watching this? But I'm in now. I'm not backing up. But, I mean, incredible, incredible producer and uh, a talent. But um, so I sidebar there. So, so if I was watching... Um, Ozark, when I was in my 20s, I would be scared to death. Oh my gosh, that would just scare me. But you know, what we had growing up, it was movies and there, we didn't have social media. There wasn't there wasn't anything like that. So I'm wondering if this fear is caused from so much media. I remember, um, gosh, I can't, back, I cannot remember the war it was, but remember seeing it on television when I was in high school, junior high, high school. And um, I should have, I should know this. But seeing the bombs go off, just seeing on the, on the TV, and it was nothing. I mean, it was. I mean, it was just bombs going off in the backs, like bright lights, and that scared me. That was a fear in my early, you know, early years. But that's all we have. So I look at these kids. I look at everyone on their phones or their devices constantly at all of the information that's being fed. I can't even. Rem- I can't imagine if you are have a young mind, what's going through your mind. So also, I have a, a little, in the uh, the older of 20s, um, a gentleman that's in my life that, I mean, number one and two, unequivocally is cancer and dying young of cancer and just getting it. That was just this, like this, this huge anxiety and, you know, how it would change your life and your family's life so drastically. So then we go into the 30s. I was thinking, okay, 30s, let's see. I had one say, oh, public speaking, that's it. Okay, you know what? That is a serious fear. It's like, I am going to not negate this, but a fear of heights. I went on the the Empire State Building one time. I would not get off the elevator. And I said, one time is one time. So I, I kind of do this, and I'm not afraid of public speaking. Paul, Paul and I was talking about, like, we're at, we're public speakers. We're in. I'm ready to talk, <laughs> but don't put me on a ladder. <laughs> no. I'm almost 6'4", and I get scared walking sometimes. I just, <laughs> just kind of crouch around. down. I, I mean, Paul, seriously, we went to New York many, many years ago, and I wouldn't, I mean, it's like, I was just like shaking to get off the elevator and hugging the post because 
fear of heights, but I don't really mind flying. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't mind flying as much. The takeoff is my worst part. Yeah. Well, but then after that, I don't care. Uh, uh, but uh, nope, I'm the exact same way. I went to a little uh, obstacle course with my kiddo, a little zip line course. Mm -hmm. I got to the top, couldn't move. Oh, I couldn't move. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I literally froze. I turn into a different person when I'm up, up high. Right. I don't ride roller coasters because of this. I just, oh, no, 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 I can't. No, 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 my, no. my body no. will not allow me to do it. People no. are like, man, just fight the fear. I'm like, <laughs> but I don't need to. No, that's a, that's not a need. I don't have I'm to do that. I'm climbing up on poles. And if somebody gets up on top of a pole and can't get down, there are people I can call for that. You know, <laughs> your cat's in me. a tree. We can find. We something. can find your fireman to do that. Do. But seriously, I I kind of equate that that height and the fear of of public speaking, which I don't get. You don't get it at all. Once at one hundred percent. But yes. So yes. But then we get into that losing someone in your life. So I had that. It, the people that I interviewed this for the losing someone in their life. And then Paul, you're in your thirties. So Paul, Jeez, I, you just put all my business I, out there. Oh my gosh. Some people <laughs> say I look like I'm 28. Dang oh it. my gosh. You know, you look 28, but okay. So when I asked for yours, I, I text Paul this morning and I said, okay, so what's your top three fears? And your first one was of failing my son, failing your son. And that, that kind of, that a lot, that, that, that encompasses a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, not being able to provide for him. Yes. Not being able to give him something. We, we talked about this because it has a lot of different parts to it. Not being able to give him something to be proud of mm -hmm. we, we, with me. You know, when mm -hmm. I lost all my weight, when I was first, when he was first born, I did that because I wanted him to be able to look up to me, mm -hmm. you know, and I want all, you know, I, I want him to be able to have something whenever I'm dead and gone. I want him to be able to have something that I helped, whether he can run, company he can run, sell, whatever. But I want him to be able to have something that I can leave him. Right. A legacy. Yeah, I want him to have a legacy. I'm trying to build an empire that way he has a place to live and he has right. his own castle that he can create. and have to do what I do. Right. But I want him to be able to have something. Yeah, and so your fear is not being able to do that. Correct. So, you know, and and Paul answered me pretty quickly this morning. I had another friend that I reached out to as well, and it was like boom, 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 very quickly. And he said, you know, now, what if I could, if I think about this long enough, if I think about it, it would change. And this morning I was talking to Sam, my trainer, and um, we were aligned this morning, and I, um, he said, what's yours? And I said, feel a fear of failure. Fear of failure. And then I talked about all of these after talking about all these things with Greg. Okay, the fear of failure is a separate, it's a separate type of fear. And I wish I was a psychologist and I could really psychoanalyze myself and give the right vocabulary. Maybe somebody can, but that fear of failure is definitely a fear of mine. And and it encompasses a lot. But you know, then I was telling Greg, no, my number one fear now at 50s, I jumped from the 30s to the 50s. I'm gonna go back to the 40s. But the 50s, having a daughter, my daughter. Uh, turns 21 Wednesday, next Wednesday. Okay, my fear is, okay, first of all, you're not supposed to lose children. You're not supposed to lose, you just, I've seen many of my friends and some family members that have lost their children. It's not supposed to happen that way. Good grief, God bless you. Um, but if I died, I just worry so much what, how 
my daughter would be affected and my husband. My husband is old enough that he's lived through many phases of life. He's going to be fine. He will remarry. I, I, I mean, I, and I, I feel strongly about that. And, um, I need to leave some notes for somebody, but anyways, so, um, but just the fear of leaving my daughter, but I mean, losing a child would be number one by far, but that other fear, I'm going to get to that in just a minute. Okay. So Paul, we talked about the failing his son and would you, would you, after me talking about all these things, would you, would you change any of this order? You said failing your son, not reaching your full potential and then death. You did say death. Well, honestly, I'm not really scared of death myself because it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that either you can accept or live under the thumb of your entire life. Right. So I'm, I accept it. Now, I don't want to die early, mm-hmm. right? Be- and it, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with my, with my son. Right. But losing my son, oh my gosh. No. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do yeah. because, I mean, I, I see him every day and it's just... Like, that's what keeps me going. And, you know, to go to what you were just saying about failure, mm-hmm. it, it's interesting because there are two kinds of ways to look at failure. You have the people that are terrified to fail, right? That Right, right. That's but me. I love failing. Oh, stop it. No, I do. Because if you can accept failure, then you will succeed. Well, I do now, accept it, but I don't love it. Well, I, I like it in a way for a learning part. Now, I don't like to be like, hey, let's fail today. Right. But in a way, I am. I'm right. like, let me fail in something. That way I can learn how to do it better or learn what not to do. Okay. It's kind of like when, 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 when people sit and feel bad for themselves having a divorce or a marriage that didn't work or a relationship that didn't work. But think about it on, on the brighter side. What did you learn? from there that you will no longer tolerate, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I've been married before, mm-hmm. you know, and I am divorced right. and I learned what I didn't want, right? you know, and what didn't work. Exactly. Okay. Yes, you're right. So one time, once upon a time, I had a business opportunity, probably 15 years, 10, 15 years ago, had a business opportunity, Paul. And this person came to me and it was, everything was on the table. I mean, we were getting close and I asked this no, Greg asked this gentleman, he said, how have you failed? Have you ever failed in your life? And he said, no, I've never failed. And Greg was so t- taken back after failed marriages and, you know, almost bunk- bankruptcy and fear of losing your business and, and you know, just the failure of, of different feelings. And so he, Greg looked at me and he said, okay, we're done. We got up and walked out. He said, I don't want to do business with anyone that says they've never failed. That guy has a divorce under his belt. He's lost a business. He's lost a restaurant. So it was interesting because every time I failed, and I think this is where you and I are, 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 we are resonating. Every time I failed, I have learned from my mistakes. Now, sometimes I didn't Early on, I didn't facilitate those mistakes as well as I should have. But, but I, I do learn from my mistakes. But, you know, you, I, I am, I worry about failure, and I think that's that. You know me, that feel that I, I want to please people too. So, but yeah, that failure, yeah. Uh, and I, I get that. You know, um, Thomas Edison. There were that. There was a quote, mm-hmm. and he was asked. Uh, he was like, "I'm not going to say it's verbatim because I don't know it verbatim." 
but it was something to the effect of, you know, how does it feel to fail 10,000 times while creating a light bulb? Oh, right. Right. Mm -hmm. And he goes, fail. He goes, I didn't fail. He goes, I just found 10,000 ways that didn't work. Okay. He goes, and which made me realize how close I was to success. Mm -hmm. The people that give up after failure never understand how close they are to success. That's true. Because they give up. So that I saw that recently again, mm -hmm. and that resonates huge with me because in life, you have one life. You know, you have one set of years, undetermined set of years, to do everything you possibly can to be and feel successful right. or to do whatever goals and meet those goals. Sure. And if you give up, you're you're losing the one the one thing in life you cannot give back, which is time. Right. And is time is losing that something the most precious thing in this world, not kiddos, because that's precious to me, but time is the most precious right. thing. Mm -hmm. Because that's time with family, time with everything. Of course. Is that worth just doing nothing? Right. And right. I it's not. Right. I would rather fail my whole life, but still push forward. Now, I don't mean like drugs and alcohol fail. You know what I mean? I mean like try and fail. Exactly. Then just be a failure. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, I mean, it, it just, it, it snowballs because oh, then sure. my, my son thinks it's okay to fail. Oh, yeah, And yeah, my yeah. family can't be like, man, you know what? He may not have reached the full, full potential, but man, he tried. Exactly. And he busted his butt. Right. You know, um, th which that brings, you know, your kids are watching. We, we said this like, like when during the anxiety um, podcast, but um, so in the 40s, a friend of mine, she was expressing to me, she goes, you know what? The kids are watching everything we're doing right now. They're home. We're not going anywhere. I mean, they are in full quarantine. They're watching. She said, I'm afraid I'm damaging my children's lives. I mean, and, you know, that is you know, that is a healthy way to look at it. I mean, of being in it, of acknowledging, you know, I mean, uh, Kennedy, Greg and I got into a political discussion and you know, I can't stand political discussions. And so we got into a political discussion last night, which we were disagreeing. Kennedy asked me, are we all fussing? I said, no, we just, no, we were just, we got into a, a, a discussion, but then you go and I was like, oh my goodness. So she's in my home. She's listening to everything we're doing, but I don't ever want to think we don't fuss. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, there's, there's those children that graduate college and their parents divorced and never saw them fuss one time. So then there's that, but I digress. But in their 40s, so, you know, the, the 30s where you are, Paul, and then where where Hillary, where we were talking about her and then public speaking, but the 40s with my friends there, it's, I'm afraid of losing my job. I mean, this is real. You're so invested in a job. Now let's think about this. Paul, you and I are, are freelance and we work for ourselves basically. Right. Okay. Can you imagine those out there that are having to write their reviews right now that they're not seeing their 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 supervisors and the fear of losing a job right now in your forties? Okay. Mm -mm. No, that it's that's terrifying. That's terrifying. You know. It and is. so, and of course, you and I, we're trying to build and brand and 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 everyone is but it's just that you're you work for a company you have insurance you have benefits and then I just like oh my goodness you know but back to the way the world might change and virtually but you know and I worry about people too it's 
do we really need these people? You know, and I don't mean to be negative, but it's it's real. And this fear is 1,000%, especially in that age group, 30s, 40s, and 50s, of course, 50s. Well, well, as you get older, you start thinking about, you know, I can't work forever. No. You know, my body and my mind and stuff won't be able to do it, Mm -hmm. especially if you're in a labor-intensive job. Oh, gosh. You know, and you're just like, oh my gosh, what if my body gives out and mm-hmm. I can't do this physical labor anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's, that's, a, that's a fear because mm-hmm. I hate to say this, but it's so true that in a lot of, I say, I wouldn't say a lot, but in some industries, it's very age prejudice. Yes, you know? it is. I mean, and that's just, and that's not me stating what I think. That's just, that's statistically correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, that's, 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 I hate that. It's just kind of a trend that happens. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen. I've been a hiring manager before and I wanted to hire somebody and I had to get it approved from a higher up, say, hey, this person is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But they're in their late 40s, early 50s, and they'll probably have more health issues because of their age. And they want more money because they because des- deserve more money. Yes. I mean, obviously, but and it's, it, oh, the mindset. So the fear that these I say older, but they're not that much older of yeah. these 40s and 50s sure. year old people. Mm-hmm. That's an okay fear. Oh, I mean, gosh. that is a fear that that is is warranted because of the way that things kind of work. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. I, I just, you know, fear. I learned this uh, a long time ago. It's, you know, fear stands for false evidence appearing real. Right, the I acronym for okay, wait, right, say false that again. evidence appearing real. I love that because what if there there is one thing in common with every fear? Do you know what that is? Not knowing. This is true because you can't fear something that hasn't that that you can't fear something that is currently going on. Right now, you can fear the pandemic. But at this exact moment, I can't fear what the changes will be. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. So it's that unknown, the unknown. that we're scared of. Because mm-hmm. it's, um, yes, you can be scared in a situation, but it's not the situation. It's the aftermath. Mm-hmm. It's like in one second, am I going to drop dead? Right. Or if I climb on that ladder, am I going to fall? Mm-hmm. It's going to be scared. <laughs> right. 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 So we're, if you think about fear, it's false evidence. Mm-hmm. So when you think about the false evidence, that'd be like, you know, going to the courtroom and being like, yeah, I think I found some good stuff. All right. Guilty. Right. You know, that's foolish if exactly. we think about it like that. Right. But we bring it back into our own lives. And if we don't truly know then what do we have to fear? Right. We have what our mind creates and what historical data may bring, and it may be a legitimate fear, but if we run on that false evidence, then we are, it, that is very debilitating for our psyches well, and our lives and our businesses and our, our self. Right. So think about it like that. It's mm-hmm. just, we fear things we don't understand or know. Mm-hmm. But if we live in that fear of the unknown, then we can't live in the fear. We can't live in the present of what we do know. Exactly. And it stops us from moving. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, I have to laugh too at one of these things. My friend said, 
she's afraid of getting fat. So you can do something about that. I get it. (laughs) I get that fear because I used to be giant. (laughs) Every time I eat that cookie, I'm like, Uh, what if I get back to 300 pounds? (laughs) Yeah, that was a joke. But no, seriously, you know that there is a lot of food going in and out and alcohol, as we talked about it earlier. But, you know, the people that... um, and and I, I try to help because the people that are really worried about heart health and disease and that fear is, you know, I've brought up many times before, um, do we, do are we, we God gave us one body. I'm going to go back to that. I say it all the time. God gave us one body. Are we taking care of that body? You know, um, are, are you taking care? Are you sure that you're afraid of of uh, heart disease. So you you have you have to think through that too. But it was interesting seeing all this, and you know, going up to the seventies. Um, the first one, my dad is losing a child. Oh my gosh! I mean, I, that would that would break him. Uh, he and his significant other were talking to me about this, and of course, cancer and this frightening at the age of seventy. And um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these demographics, even the young ones, still finances are are you know now as you're younger you certainly can greg it's interesting my husband he's not afraid he's like you know what i've been broke and i've started over and i've been broke and i've started over and he does say now let me tell you what after retiring busting it for so many years since he was 13 years old going to college you know, building a company and selling a company, he goes, wouldn't this just suck if I got sick here right after within six months of me building and then retiring and then boom, it's over. You know, he he's a big joker, but that that's a lot. That's He's not afraid of, of making it again, but he's like, okay, you know, I'm kind of done here. We laugh in, in our household because he's done with career and here I'm going, go, 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 go. But you know what? My dad being in the 70s, this was an interesting one. He was afraid, has the fear of a major attack on a country. And I need to talk to my dad. Are you talking about the attack we are having right now? Or he saw, he's been through, seen many wars. Are we talking about seriously an attack on our country? And I asked my very um, politically minded husband this question. I'm not going to even talk about what he said. So he's not afraid of attack on our country. So that was super, super interesting. That, But all those different demographics. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's interesting, the, the similarities of fears, mm-hmm. but the differences in the meaning behind them, mm-hmm. right? You know, fear of death. But when you think about fear of death, are you fear? Are you fearing dying early? Are mm-hmm. you fearing of dying of cancer because your family had it? Mm-hmm. You know, so good point. It's 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 interesting to. I think that was an incredible s- s- quick study that yeah. you did because it. The one thing that people need to understand, especially right now, is that we're all on the same playing field mm-hmm. as a country, as a as humans. Sure, because any of us can catch this. Any of us can hurt from this, and any of us could lose a lot from this. Mm-hmm. Some can or have lost more than others. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that's so sad. But it, I just my thing. My mom always taught me was keep my side of the street very clean and always be compassionate and empathize with anybody you possibly can because right now is when our friends and loved ones need it the most. Oh, absolutely. You know, and don't think that you're above or below anybody because mm-hmm. right now with what what's happening, it's not 
It's not a money thing. It's not uh, a war thing. It's a virus. Right. The viruses aren't prejudice. <laughs> no. They're not racist. They're not no. sexist. They, are. they don't care what you know, religion you are. Doesn't matter. You know, they, 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 doesn't matter what or religion you, have a you religion. are. Yeah. It, seriously. So yeah. as you can see, we're all in this together. It doesn't matter. Black, white, red, green, yellow, orange. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Because this can hit anybody. Right. So right now is the time to know that we're all on the same level playing field and we need to support and rise up because we can beat this. We will beat this. Right. Absolutely. We'll beat this. I'm hoping by the next time we record a podcast, we beat this. But I'm going to be an optimist like my husband. Not as much of an optimist as my husband. He's a big optimist. But talking about fears. So those are very, very serious fears. Those are... You know, I, I go into, um, I have this fear, and we were talking about this this morning. Greg and I were talking about this this morning. Um, we sometimes, when I have some people in my life, I mean, it could be anyone in my life, but the majority of the time, it's um, it's like my my uh, supervisors at different companies. Let's spit this out here in a minute. The supervisors in my company. So they say, hey, Tiffy, um, I need you to swing by my office. I need to talk to you. And I immediately go, oh my gosh, I think the worst. I go the other direction. Um, I'll get an email. Hey, we need to meet. <gasps> what does that mean? I mean, my husband say, hey, when you get back from reporting your podcast this afternoon, can we talk? No, tell me now. What did I do? I have this crazy and I and I don't think so I asked Kennedy about it and she goes mom every time you say hey I need to talk to you what did I do and so I'm wondering do you all feel that way am I the only person yes, that feels I do. Like, do you really all the time but once again it's that false evidence appearing real because we're <laughs> guessing now our guess may may be right I think I, I think there's some insecurity too I think for I do think there's some insecurity like <gasps> and I know I haven't done anything wrong. Exactly. It's it's the insecurities of just, you know, a lot of my, some minds don't think that way. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the people that have the underlying issues just in life, period. Right. Because like I do, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I it's not insecurities in that place of my life, mm-hmm. but it's something else that kind of just trickles over. Right. Bleeds over. And, but I am the exact same way. I Can mean, we talk? <gasps> no. Uh, I don't want to. Tell me right now. I'm, I, I'll ruin the whole day's ruined if you don't tell me right this second. You know what? And I am so guilty of doing that. I mean, I've done that to you. I'm going, hey, can we meet? I mean, but I don't. And every time I'm like, oh no. And I don't even do know do? that. But why don't I reverse it and go, why, why? You know what I'm saying? So that is a huge fear of myself. Like, but it's, and that may go into my fear of failure, failure, but I'm looking at these serious, like these top three that I polled and the, the research that I did. Um, those are just very serious fears. But then, then you go, you start thinking, well, I have, oh my goodness, if somebody says I need, I'll never forget my boss at, 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 a, at a company I used to work to. She was very, she's like, hey, can you swing by my house before you leave? It's 10 in the morning. I'm not leaving till five. I'm coming now. You know, just what did I do? Let's just get this knocked out. So that is a, that is a, you know, I don't know if that's a fear or a panic. Is that the same thing? Anxiety, fear, (laughs) rational thoughts. I don't know. I'm the same way though. I'm the exact same way because you and I are people pleasers. Yes. Mm -hmm. But not 
where we let people walk on us. Right. We we want to please everybody because we are just pleasers of the general public. Sure. But it's like, oh no, are you not pleased? <laughs> oh my God, what oh, did I do no. wrong? I know. What did I do wrong? I'm thinking, what did I do? What did I do? So then there's this other fear that this is funny because I was listening to a podcast the other day and um, she was talking about um, going into a situation, which this is not the same situation, but a situation where, you know, you, okay, so I was invited to play Mahjong last June, April, May, June. So I've had my Mahjong sisters on here. So Dawn invited, you know, she called all the other three and invite us. And, you know, it was right when we were starting. We were just like, are we going to do a podcast? Are we really f- serious about this influencing? I mean, so I'm, I mean, I'm just busy. I'm still working for a few other companies. I'm super busy with that. We're remodeling how blah, blah, blah. So I'm busy is the bottom line. So I'm like, okay, sure. So we're trying to figure out because we had to have four lessons that were mandatory by our master Mahjong. Okay. So I'm like, oh my goodness, when are we going to do this? So, you know, Dawn was like, we're going to do it on this day and this day at three o'clock or one to three, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, um, I just, I mean, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. So thinking about it. So the first time I go and my sisters, I love you, but just, just hear me out. And I want you to know that fear's in the back. So the first time we go, we get to the Mahjong Master's home and we sit there and I'm just sitting here going, Oh my, I'm not going to say what I'm thinking, but oh my gosh, this is just a root canal. I mean, it's just like, oh my goodness, I'm just looking at this. I don't understand it. It's so difficult. I knew one of the girls and the others. I'm just like, we're all making tiny, you know, small talk and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh gosh, this game's so hard. So the next week, okay. And then and the master goes, she said, um, now you're all going to not want to come the next two times because... And you just, it's so difficult. And I'm like, great. All right, fine. That's awesome. So the next week comes, I'm like, see, same BS here. Don't want to do this anymore. And I'm, I like y'all, but I just don't want to spend, you know, three hours a week with y'all. Don't want to do this. So, and we go on. We committed to it. So I even, yeah, I didn't even go. I was so committed. I changed our trip to Cabo. Greg and I, he surprised me. So third time, go in. I'm like, this is so hard. My brain won't function like this. I can't stand it. But what I was thinking is, I can't do this. Mahjong is so difficult. I cannot do this. So I don't like this. I don't like meeting once a week for three hours. I don't, I don't, I don't. So I fear of failure, there it is, that fear of failure, again, with Mahjong, of all things, was resonating with these groups. And then week four... I was in. I still don't know how to play Mahjong very well. But I was in because I look around and went, these are my people. These are my people. I love these women. I've made some of the best friends of my life. But it was like I had to control that fear. I had to make it real. And I did make it real. I'm like, I don't like this. This is not fun to me. We have to dress up every week, (laughs) look like a million bucks. But that was that real fear, right? But I mean, I had all these scenarios created in my, and I was trying to create a way to get out of doing it. I was trying so hard to get out of it. And Already then I making the excuses. I was making so I was just, I made all these excuses. And now everyone loves how much I love Mahjong and my sisters. I love them so much. But I was talking myself out of there because it was that fear of failure. Well, you know, See? it's, 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 it's <laughs> interesting though, because, you know, 
I love public speaking. I love performing. I love all of that. And people are like, well, how do you do that? You know, because I wasn't always like that. It took, I had to get used to it and I had to, it's almost like telling yourself that you're happy when you're sad Mm -hmm. to kind of trick the mind and end up starting to move towards happiness. Now, Mm -hmm. it doesn't fix you, sure, but it moves you towards happiness, right? So what I did whenever I was trying to get over the fear of performing or public speaking is what I was doing and what was wrong is I was thinking that everyone that I was in front of was above me. And the reason, and what I mean by that is that I was giving them the power to judge me and have it hurt me. Okay, wait. When you say above you, like over you or like uh, uh, smarter than you? or Just better. Better than you. Because they okay. were in front of me and I was performing to them. Better better singers or whatever. Better case, singers, whatever, talkers, speakers. judgers. <laughs> it didn't matter to me, you know. So that, that was how I looked at it wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of looking at them, just we're on the same level playing field, you know. And once I... I told myself, I was like, listen, whether I'm driving, whether I'm walking, whether I'm singing, whether I'm talking, whatever, people are going to think one thing or the other. Sure. So why not do something that they're going to already talk about me for? So why not do what I love or do what gets me further? You know, so public speaking, you go up there, you talk to everybody and if they don't like it, oh, well, right. you know, it's like, I can't be perfect in every right, form, right, right, right. but if I think of them on such a higher level, then that's scary. Right. You know, like going to a CEO of a company whenever you're a new hire being like, uh, my game plan is this. No, right. you know, your game plan, you've been hired for a reason. Right. You know, they, they may make more than you. They may have more power in the business, but they're not a better human. Exactly. And that's what we have to get past is that. We're all, we all bleed the same blood. Mm-hmm. We are all human. They just either worked harder or were placed there or they earned it, whatever. They're there. Some people are there. They shouldn't be, but I won't talk about those people. Right. But, you know, just try to put yourself in that mindset of being on the same level playing field because you are. You're all human. Just go out there and do it and you're going to get judged no matter what. So you might as well do something that you love. Right. That's true. Well, you know what? I, 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 I want to wrap this up by saying this, that you remember the first time you did something that you were so afraid of doing, just, if, just think of something that was, so, well, I say Mahjong. I still, I think about, we've been on a sabbatical due to COVID for a while. I'm scared to death of going back and <laughs> playing Mahjong. But, um, you know, you think about something that you did for the first time and you were so nervous and so scared. And I always tell people, you know what? It always gets better. It really does, especially with practice. So hopefully we'll combat those fears, just keep getting better. And I appreciate those of you that gave me your top fears and opened up your heart and your minds to helping me do this podcast today. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please go rate and review this podcast. That helps us so very, very much get up in the ranks. So rate and review if you don't mind. And I appreciate you listening and everyone stay safe, be healthy, don't be afraid and take care of each other. Have a wonderful day. 